I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Attention all Waniacs! The 25th anniversary of Wayne's World is fast approaching. 25 years since Wayne and Garth became bigger than sketches on Saturday Night Live, and Mike Myers and Dana Carvey were first catapulted to movie stardom. To celebrate the birthday of cinema history's most excellent comedy, the Hayden Orpheum Picture Palace in Cremorne, Sydney is putting on a special screening on Friday, February 10th at 9pm. All tickets are 12 bucks. Seeing Wayne's World with the crowd was the most incredible night of my life, and seeing it in one of Australia's most beautiful cinemas will only make it feel all the more special. Cameron and I will be there goofing it up, party time excellence guaranteed, Friday, February 10th at 9pm, all tickets are 12 bucks at the Hayden Orpheum in Cremorne in Sydney. Ticket links in the podcast description, guys. Party on. Also, Horny Babies, just a quick reminder that Greenlight's Comedy Nights, the comedy room that I've been running for the last five years, is starting up again on January the 27th. It's a Friday night. It's 8 p.m. Becky Lucas is headlining. It's only 10 bucks. We've got other great acts such as Reese Nicholson, Ray Badron, Laura Hughes. All former great guests of this podcast and many more will be performing that night. It's only 10 bucks. It's at the Gaelic Club in Surrey Hills in Sydney, right near Central Station, the 27th of January, Friday night, 8 p.m., right behind Central, 10 bucks at the Gaelic Club. I'll see you there. It's my check, it's my check, the podcast that Mike buys. So we get this little guy out there. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, no. Why did you bring that? <laughs> this is an audio medium. I wanted to just bring Little Austin so it could inspire oh us. Oh my the god, time. it has a fucking so mole. Much. It has an accurate mole on the cheek. Oh, but everything else is inaccurate. That looks exactly like <laughs> the young Austin. Yeah, it looks more like the, the third actor to play Austin Powers. Oh my god. Which we can get into. All right, Let's it do it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and most importantly, horny babies. And welcome to another episode of Mike Check with Cameron James and Alexi Toliopoulos, the only podcast where two comedians go through the entire filmography of their hero, Mike Myers, baby, just to check if they're still good. 
My name is Alexi Toliopoulos. And my name is Cameron James, and it's a pleasure to be here with you. Well, it's a pleasure to be anywhere with you, baby. But can I just say something? You're not wearing a hat. What's going on? Well, I started sweating, so I just put it on my lap with a little baby Austin Bowers <laughs> doll on top of it. Just for the listeners, just for the uh, waniacs out there... Uh, Oh, Alexi brings a little Austin Powers doll to every single... I'll take a photo of it. Yeah. It, there's no need for it to be here. You guys can't see it. And all it does is make me uncomfortable because it is uh, fucking terrifying in every possible sense of the word. But it's here with us and it adds to the vibe, that's for sure. Do you feel shame? Um, yes, I think I do feel shame. I'm capable of many emotions. <laughs> I am actually an empath. That's one of my qualities I bring to the show, is I have a broad spectrum of emotions, I, I, and they're very deep. Yeah, or a spectrum of emotions. That's true, a spectrum. But spectrum is more limited. It's more just angry and swamp-fueled. It's okay. always two emotions. How about you and Trout? Very special guests. Well, we have two guests today to discuss the film Austin Powers in Goldmember. Mm. Our first <laughs> guest is a, is a returning guest to the podcast, backed by popular demand. It's Mr. Tom Walker. Hello. Hello, baby. How are you? Oh, groovy, baby. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's and a- so the greetings of our peoples are exchanged. <laughs> and we have a new guest. I'm very excited to welcome him to the Mike Check Republic. Um, we're pumped to have you here. Fan of the show. <laughs> I'm just going to assume that you are. Because <laughs> we haven't listened to it at all, but I, you will be by the end of this one. Um, but we're a fan of yous. It's, it's Mike Wing. <laughs> welcome, Hing. Oh, hello. Hey, baby. Hey, I, baby. I love it that in your introduction to, uh, to, of Michael, it's just like, yeah, we don't know this guy. He's not our friend. It's just the way it was all set up. This guy, we've been around him a lot, but we don't know how he's he a friend our of comedy. <laughs> Actually, I was going to intro you as a friend of comedy, as <laughs> as an awesome roast. Do, but does, I your, not to. does your ironic personality re comedy, uh, does that exist on this podcast as well? Oh, here's the thing everything that I legitimately feel about comedy, Comedy, I have to say in an ironic tone now, I've noticed. Like, the other night I was like, oh, I love comedy. And I do love comedy. It's so you're, you're, a, you're a crippled and broken man. And I had a really deep, ironic discussion about how much I love Louis C.K. the other day that was just like a conversation I would have had normally. <laughs> <laughs> what so, made it ironic? Was it just the fact that you were like talking like someone who'd just done an open mic for the first time? Pretty you much. were still saying all the things you still felt? Yeah, I kept saying he's undeniable. <laughs> <laughs> You've got irony poisoning, man. It's fucked me up and I'm trying to be more earnest now. So I want to say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you both for being on the show. Oh. I mean, Fuck off. No. <laughs> <laughs> it genuinely means the world to us. It so, does. what's it all about, guys? What are we talking about today? We're talking about Austin Powers in Goldmember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So far, the final film in the Austin Powers franchise. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Before we get into that, though, I want to know a little bit about what you guys think of Mike. Now, I've spoken to you about it, Tom. But Hing, what's your relationship like with Mike Myers? <laughs> My relationship? Yeah, what, is it, what do you start with him? You know, well, I, I, I loved him growing up. I think, I, I think all sort of people growing up in the 90s and 2000s who love comedy would have mm-hmm. loved Mike Myers because he's such a funny performer. Yeah. And then... I think it'd be similar to a lot of people. You watch all those films, you love them, and then at some point you you, you just realize something clicks, and you're like, "That wasn't right. What was wrong?" And then, but you don't feel <laughs> what separates you lot from 
everyone else is that everyone else separates themselves. I don't like the way you refer to us as you lot. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I'm, I'm saying the pathology you have. White people? Is, is, the, is, the, <laughs> is the... I was like, something's not right. Like, why did they like those films? But I didn't bother to, like, dig deep. Sure. Whereas the fact that you guys have gone back and, and are rekindling this love-hate relationship, whatever, and reinvestigating is, like, unnecessary and weird <laughs> and troubling. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting... You're having... Your investment in things you loved as a child roasted by a man who now makes a living playing and talking about video games. <laughs> and it was real. Like, I felt all that. No, yeah. no I genuinely... Because you've, dra- you've dragged me into this as well now. So yes. I, I would have been content in my life with never, ever thinking about the Austin Powers franchise forever. But sure. now I've been forced to reckon with not only my judgment as a 14, 13, 15-year-old, whatever, uh-huh. but also... My, like what? Why I like why I thought it was okay to like have fond memories of that as well mm. as, a, as as an adult. Like it's it's quite. I've, now, I've been affected by this. Okay, now that's that's interesting and that's actually very shagadelic that you brought that up <laughs> because <laughs> because that is what the point of the show is. We're reinvestigating, reevaluating the work of someone who is considered a comedy auteur, and we're checking. If it's still good or not. Now, we've had some mixed responses to some of these films. Overall, it's largely been good. But um, this one in particular, Austin Powers in Goldmember, full title, is the one that I think was always going to be the dividing line. I think so. Yeah. Mm. Because there are... Consensus across the board is... 50-50 50-50 It's mixed at best we, yeah. Do you want to quickly go around the, around the horn and, and go positive or negative thumbs up thumbs No, down? that's the end I can't do that end. Can you okay. just listen to one fucking episode of our show? <laughs> well, I can't get through one episode of, Anyway, it's not <laughs> Well, we can try. You know what? Because I, I don't think I'm going to 100% decide on how I feel about and it Until the end of this discussion okay. Absolutely um, And Tom, just to recap what you, You're a Mike fan or not? I can't even remember <laughs> Do you like him? <laughs> it's hard to tell with people anymore. What do you? What it's do you well, it's hard because also this project has changed my feelings about Mike a lot. Because as I've uncovered more and more details about the man, I've found it impossible to hate him. Because as soon as you understand that a lot mm. of someone's projects are fueled by a need to make peace with their dead father, mm. yeah. and that's like the it's very humanizing. Yeah, deeply humanizing. Yeah, Incredibly and the more interviews so. we've watched with him, the more you go, "Oh, oh that is all that his." That clip of is him about. singing "What's New Pussycat" to Barack Obama is yeah. still the worst video I've ever seen. It's harrowing. It's, it's the really worst. Harrowing. It's a ghost. It's a ghost doing it. It's a ghost performance. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's real bad. Everything about that video. I wish we didn't think about it again. But it's <laughs> everything about it. He's honoring his father. He's honoring the great uh, Burt Bacharach, who is like a father to him in his mind. In that. Weird kind of uh, mm. weird. Oh, the great thing way. about Mike is that he's gained far more fathers <laughs> yeah, than he's lost. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> he recruited Everyone's Mike's dad. Yeah, <laughs> he got been... Michael Caine to play his I father. Know, Let's I get know. into it, guys. Okay. Let's start talking about Austin Powers in Goldmember. He is brilliant. He is deadly, and he is still surrounded by freaking idiots. summer i am a sexy beast secrets will be revealed lower the globe oh ow i'm okay i'm okay release the meteor Whoa! no way 
<laughs> One of our best agents has been kidnapped. It's your father. An evil pact. Who has my father? The aptly named gold member. A dangerous mission. Where can I find this gold member? 1975. He is, ladies and gentlemen. It's gold member. I am from Holland. Oh. <sighs> Isn't that weird? New Line Cinema presents... Oh, I'd like to have a go with that, Philly. Shut your mouth. Mike Myers. I haven't laughed that hard since I was a little girl. Thank you. Introducing Beyonce Knowles. Huh? And Michael Caine. This is the synopsis as provided by the back of my Blu-ray cover. <laughs> you bought this on Blu-ray? <laughs> yes, and what am I going to do? Not spend money on this podcast? I've only spent about $3,000 in this podcast <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> It's an investment, baby. <laughs> the mission for Austin. Okay, wait. Let me start again. Oh God, the mission. Look up. I'll show you how bad it is written. The mission for Austin: shake booty in glittery roller disco days of 1975 and rescue his suave spy dad, as played by Michael Caine, from the scheme of Shh, Doctor Evil. The mission. Freaky, flaky member. This is real bad. This is a nightmare of a synopsis. Okay, we get the idea. Austin's on a mission with his father, and the villain is Goldmember. Yeah, and Dr. Evil. And Dr. Evil. And Fat Bastard is back again. (laughs) Yeah, he's back, baby. Now, um, I want to draw one little problem I have with that synopsis so far. Mm -hmm. You said Austin Powers as played by Mike Myers. That is true, but not... Strictly true. Not strictly true. Austin Powers is in fact played by three actors, and they are so far the only three actors to portray the character that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, I can't wait for more in the future. I'm seeing, you know, your Zac Efron's. Um, when is Idris Elba finally going to become yeah. the new Austin Powers? Know, right? Hashtag Donald Glover for Austin yeah, Powers. That's, <laughs> that's what I want to see. Now, Tom Cruise kicks off the movie as Austin Powers, mm-hmm. and that is funny? Question mark. <laughs> I Okay, so here is my stance. I think the first 10 or so minutes of this movie, right up until I think uh, it cuts to Austin in his pad singing Daddy Wasn't There, Mm -hmm. that is the cutoff point to the movie being good for me. But that, up until that point, I think this movie is real funny. Yeah. That first, like, 10 minutes or so makes me laugh real hard. But the the thing about that first 10 minutes is, I think it's like, they've done two... So just as a bit of historical context for this film, right? Mm. The first film makes, what, $70 million or something like that, right? The second film is the big one that makes, Mm. like, $200 million. $300 million, something crazy. Mm. And so there's a lot of expectation riding on this film because the first one was kind of funny. The second one made a lot of money. So this third film, they feel like they have to really raise the stakes. So how do they do that? They have this (laughs) seven-minute opening gag, which is a film within a film Mm. with like all these... Hot like uh, Hollywood actor cameos, right? One of them is Tom Cruise. There's Steven um, Spielberg shows up. Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow. Paltrow, Paltrow plays a character called Dixie Normus, which yeah. I think is that is the worst the laziest part. because it part. also doesn't make sense no. for that to be her Does in the Austin verse. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know Austin is a swinger, baby. He swings maybe both ways. Mm. He does shag his own self in one of the movies. <laughs> Are you saying that Gwyneth Paltrow might play she the might. first trans character in Austin Powers? In, in the Austin Powers, universe, she may, yes. she may but, be. Oh, it is called Austin pussy so maybe we don't know what happens in the rest of the movie we can only assume that perhaps austin grows his own so he can shag himself so he can shag himself once very again. groovy but, but what, so what, maybe see, it's a gender swapper it's interesting that you find this really really funny tom because my mm. reaction to this for watching the first seven minutes of this film this like parody opening trailer thing where 
Tom Cruise is this like suave, sophisticated Austin who then is doing the the ironic catchphrases mm-hmm. a second time around. Like what I thought immediately when I saw that was like parody dates so badly because parody has to be very specific for it to be good. Yeah. And and so it makes sort of like a Britney Spears film clip, which is such an early 2000s yeah. That's thing, very you know? dated. Oh, that is the that low point dated. of this 10 minutes, and, and, for sure. And, and the whole thing, like Quincy Jones is doing the score. Like again, like a really specific weird moment. And I just thought when I was watching this, I was like, it dates so badly. Well, yeah, okay, with... Okay, so the Tom Cruise thing, I think, is still... It stands up because he's still a huge superstar. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. Yeah. So, so, yeah. But it raises the stakes, which yeah. is a success. And Danny DeVito, maybe. Danny DeVito saying, It's me, I'm Mini-Me. I'm fucking Mini-Me. Yeah. All right, that's, that's inspired. That is inspired. I'm Mini-Me is the funniest line <laughs> that is, in the film. That's inspired. <laughs> the character that never, never talks. <laughs> Danny DeVito screaming It's me, I'm fucking Mini-Me. And then giving the and finger. Just shooting a machine gun into the air. Yeah, that's pretty Cool. See, the other thing I was I was really struck by in this opening sequence is the the, the singing in the rain. There's, there's a moment oh, yeah. where mm. yeah, there's a singing in the rain parody, and I was I because I, this is the first Mike Myers film I watched in probably I don't know since this came out. You <laughs> cinema probably right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And I, I was just struck by how fucking good he is as a performer. Oh yeah, like his yeah. dancing is so funny. Well, he's a yeah. trained tap dancer. Yeah, and it's just, and he's, he's and I'm just mesmerized by this. And everyone and, and everyone else is in these like. Bright shiny raincoats and he's tap dancing in a fully wet suit. Like yeah. he's mm. just drenched and mm. it's so funny. He's very he's a very good physical performer, and this type of performing is where he shines, I think, where it's kind of like it's like being on stage. It's like yeah. it's like SNL. Like he's kind yeah, of doing absolutely. a review type. And that's kind of what he wants to be doing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly where I stand on this movie. Uh, having seen it again, I kind of was a little bit more cautious going into it. But then every time I see his face up on the screen oh. during that intro, I just was like, God, I love this boy. This guy boy. knows how to mug, I love this he? boy. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> he's, he's fucking good. And I th- I, I've got some information about this opening scene as well. Because he's so well made, this uh, this whole Austin pussy sequence. And stop saying I would <laughs> love for you to stop saying that. It's no, I'm, I'm going to allow it. Yeah, it's called <laughs> Steven Spielberg's Austin pussy. Oh. And so this scene in the <laughs> oh script God. for Austin Powers in Goldmember, it's just written as like uh, Austin Pussy trailer. That's all they have really written down. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Jay Roach developed this uh, like as he by himself without Mike, just kind of creating this sequence together and designed it completely. Mm-hmm. And then the second unit guys uh, went into direct it, including Marco Schnabel, who would later go on to direct. The Love Guru. <laughs> oh, really? So this was like kind of his first big this was outing. Start. Yeah. Classic log rolling of Hollywood. So he was directed by the second unit director. Yeah. Because it looks great. It looks fantastic. Mm, yeah. But that, they would have thrown money behind this because, again, this is about... It's the opening sequence, so it's telling you, the viewer, like, this is raising the stakes. You've seen the funny one, you've seen the kind of, like, sequels mm. of that, and now this is the big budget, the big huge one. film. We've got Beyonce in it, it's going to be massive. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I'm with you, Tom. I think the start is great. And up until about that point, I was like, it feels like, uh, like they made it for the MTV movie awards or something. It's just like a short film (laughs) that's funny and is filled with cameos of the time. And I remember thinking if this was just the intro to a movie awards, and then it ended and the host came out on the stage, you'd mm. be like, that was the best Austin and Powers movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. Austin? Yeah. That yeah. would be the best. <laughs> well, if Borat hosted the awards, <laughs> why not get Austin in? But, um, but what I'm would just... happen if Sasha Baron Cohen <laughs> had to accept an award? Oh, jeez, I would love to see that. <laughs> I would just... 
die. <laughs> what, what were you saying? I was going to say those transitions are all beautiful as well from mm. within the movie to out of the movie, then onto Dr. Evil living in the Hollywood sign. Mm. I think they're all yeah. really great. And I must uh, come to defense of Mr. Quincy Jones after you, no. you call him dead because I think one of my favorite lines of the movie, the only person who says... <laughs> Groovy baby Better than us This Quincy Jones In that little <laughs> sequence When he says it It makes me so happy I think though And this is one of my Favourite things Is that Quincy Jones Doesn't say groovy baby He says Groovy Yes <laughs> Yeah I think that's why I like it's it so good Yeah <laughs> Clearly just not quite yeah. Understanding what's groovy. happening yes, Or Austin. why he should do it Yeah but it's did, so funny And I think um, As well That's uh, I learned this That Awesome Powers, when it was in development, it was going to be a little bit more different until he heard the soul boss on over by Quincy Jones for the first mm. time and it completely changed everything and brought all that life and energy into it. <laughs> so when he says, um, this is where our movie gets its mojo from, he yes. means it. It's That's another one case of Mike Myers barely hiding a genuine sentiment behind mm. just doing it in character as Austin Powers. Absolutely. Yeah. Is yeah. that the... Uh, What's new, Pussycat? Of this movie? Well, yeah, I, I don't know. You, I don't know if you know this, Tom, but often comedians they use their jokes to talk about their real emotions. And I don't know if you've ever done that, Tom Walker, whose dick I've seen on stage several times. Dick Tom is Walker, an emotion, who and I just shat in life. my house with the door open. Shat on a turtle. <laughs> Great line from that, by the way. All right, so we kick it off now. I, I want to talk about a couple of things that I found funny mm-hmm. that I really was. Not expecting to find funny again. Yeah. Because my... I watched this maybe a year ago. Before, I think it was before we started this podcast. Yeah. And I remember texting you and going, Austin Powers and Goldmember is so not funny and so dated. Yeah. And so I watched it again the other night and I was getting all ready for it, ready to hate it. And the, I could not stop laughing at all the mole jokes. Really? I could really? not stop oh laughing at it. And I, I, do, I wrote down in my I'm notes. I'm looking at your notes right now. It just oh. says mole dash so funny. <laughs> so that was best gag for you is molly, 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 molly. I think it's not my favorite gag, but I just the, it goes on for so long to the point where I couldn't stop laughing. And I think the bit that gets me is when Dr. Evil goes... Like, I don't know. There's something <laughs> that, so lame about that. That is really good. But dude, <laughs> see, this is. I'm trying to separate the the your ironic nature out here. Uh. Like, there are so many things in this film that I find funny because they're bad jokes that Mike Myers is telling on purpose to mm. be bad jokes. For yeah. example, when Goldmember is introduced and he says, I'm Dutch, that's pretty weird. Yeah. That, is just, yeah. that is like a really funny fucking moment. Because yeah. yeah. there's this weird self-hate about the film and what he's doing. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's almost like Mike Myers is saying to the audience, yeah, I know, I'm yeah. doing another accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Whereas that molly, molly, molly bit, I feel yeah. like you're laughing at because you think it's kind of lame in parts, but I think they genuinely thought it was funny. Or do you genuinely think it's funny? Because I can't Jesus. tell what I can't tell. It's hard where you're at. to yeah, pull you make, it all apart now. I know it's it is hard to tell because there is a part of me that's uh, I'm laughing at his performance because mm-hmm. because he, he's naturally very very funny. He's a very funny that. person. Yeah. but maybe I think on paper, if someone had <laughs> pitched paper. that to me, if someone said, and then he just like keeps saying mole over and over again, I'd probably go, he could probably lose that scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I watched this at the uh, audio director's commentary with Mike and Jay Roach on it. Mm -hmm. And when they're talking about that scene, they said that it was like 10 times longer. I bet. (laughs) And they had to keep cutting it back and cutting it back. And that became like code for them to go, we're going to make this snappier. Right. Oh, and in some cases, that did 
not work. <laughs> in some not. cases, in some cases, they could have used even more snap. Because yeah. that's one of the things that really made me love the opening of the film was that every part of it was so intentional, mm. and it was bereft of those moments in. Austin Powers, I think, where you can clearly be like, oh, well, here is where they've turned to Mike and they've said, Mike, go nuts. Just go with it. Yeah, they've turned to him and Mm. they've said, now just do one for you. About 17 to 45 times for three hours. And he just riffs. But but that's like... Cut it back. I think... I think if you take that movie and you cut it differently with those performances, you can still make... You could make a much better film. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. I, I would happily watch Mike Myers do basically anything for 90 minutes. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? Like, But I think some of the choices that they've made post-production in this film... <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I, I feel very awkward talking about this because I, I don't want you to think I hate the film. Because no, I, I genuinely... I genuinely found myself laughing mm. a lot at Mike Myers. Yeah. But at the same time, I just there's so much squandered potential in this Are we all on board by saying that we laughed at this movie a lot more than we thought we would? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 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 so definitely. much more. I definitely. thought this was going to be a cringy flop, but I laughed out loud. I was watching this alone. Mm. Yeah. Laughing out loud alone while watching a movie is such a test. Yeah, totally. there's There's scenes in it as well that I didn't, I'd forgotten about or I didn't think I was going to enjoy this time. And one thing that particularly stood out to me that I never really got until this time as to why it was funny but then it made me like crack it I cracked my shit up watching this scene is <laughs> that's when a, that's absolutely not no, a saying not like, a, yeah. not well a my shit was cracked open for this one guys <laughs> dude that is so great <laughs> so when, when Michael... you can start saying Austin pussy again <laughs> okay. stop saying my <laughs> shit trade off, cracked okay? so when Nigel Powers uh, as played by Michael Caine is kidnapped and he is trying to make friends with mini me by asking to show him his dick <laughs> I don't, I just it, before my life, I never realized how strange that is. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what? Yeah. So as soon like, as you approach it with an understanding of social, norms. that is weird, right? I remember, it, I remember just quoting it a lot when yeah. I was younger, like baby's arm holding an apple tripod. Like it introduced mm. me to those phrases. Yeah. But when you're watching it now, you're like, that's one grown man just asking to see another man's <laughs> penis as a form of like. Just bonding? Oh, dominance. Yeah, it is kind of a dominance play. But the thing is, but he's that, so sweet that while scene... doing it. I think that's the funniest thing where he's like encouraging him. It's so, mm. so sweet and sentimental. It's not though, because that, that scene is one of the things that turned me against the film, actually. Really? Because there's this moment where, where Michael Caine, uh, uh, quickly, he's, he's, try, he's trying to convince Mini-Me to come around mm. to his side, mm. right? Mm. And befriend him. And, and he does it by saying that those people out there, Dr. Evil and co, they dehumanise you, right? Yeah. yeah. So he says that specifically. So clearly the people who wrote this understood that Mini-Me was being dehumanised, okay. right? Yeah. But the makers of this film are guilty of exactly that. He doesn't talk. He humps people's legs. He's like a dog. He gets thrown against the wall. Like, it's like, if you have the mental faculty to have one of your characters say to another one of the characters, we should treat you like a person. And then you, as a directing, like, writing, producing team, treat this person like a fucking dog. Just what quickly. What the fuck is going on? Did you know that Vern Troyer broke into acting by... Uh, be- by acting as a stunt baby, yeah. From <laughs> so he was a baby out. you could just throw around, and and, and, oh. like, and obviously two thousand two is a different time, right? It's, it's fourteen years ago. Yeah, it's better. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's you know we've lost a bit of our essence. The towers are down, obviously. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But it, 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 we've got big big things to worry about than political correctness. The obviously. swamp is just trying, is starting to fill, <laughs> and I Shrek just... is pissed off about it. <laughs> I just was like, I was like, really? Like, this whole film, so many of the jokes of this are like, ah, he's not a real person. He's little, so he's not real. <laughs> but 
but I think he's got a big dick, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a coincidence that he's little and that he's not real because he's a clone, buddy. I don't know if you're forgetting that. And I yeah. think oh, as so well, saying- Vern Troy is a talented enough actor to bring uh, bring all of the sentimentality and sweetness of that character out into the open, where you can be on board with either of those things. Where you're like, he's a great little bloke, mini me. I'm glad he's with the goodies now. But also, it's very funny when Austin puts him in a bag and smashes him with a fry pan. <laughs> <laughs> because he's a little, he's a little rascal. He's he's there. He's he's fought Austin before, and the guy's basically invincible. I mean, he can't really get hurt. <laughs> he's clearly also sentient on a higher form because he's able to scribble out pickup lines and hand them to Foxy Cleopatra. Now, okay, all right. I'm glad we've gone down this hole because we've, we're talking about some things that we're uncomfortable with about mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, please um, start. Okay. Well, actually, Tom had one that he brought up to me off mic about the. Uh, well, you talked about the opening scene with Austin and his pad. Yes. Mm. So, and the reason uh, that is such an immediate fall from grace is because just after this wonderful opening scene, we are introduced to the characters of Fook You and Fook Me, mm. who I will note come up when you Google Austin Powers Gold mm. Member. The fourth result is who plays Fook You and Fook Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that is such an uncomfortable scene for me. This is, yeah. I think, the most racially dubious of the Austin it's Powers films good. It's by not such good. a long shot. And that scene is so... Oh, it's so, so good. So to run people through the scene, what happens is he's approached by one Asian lady... Uh-huh. And then there's like sort of some sexual banter. Mm. And her name is... is, is, is I think is, it's Fook Me. Fook, no, it's Fook You, isn't it? I think. Oh, what? Well, no, whatever. Fook me starts first. Oh, right. Because uh, she's this cruising like for spanking. Right, but it's but it's who wants to fuck the first yeah. basement? I yeah, guess. exactly. And 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 then and then she goes away, and then a second person who looks identical, quote unquote, to her arrives. There's confusion, and her name, don't you know, is Fook you. <laughs> and so then Austin <laughs> begins having the start of a threesome. And they show quit. those names by having the girls turn around and show that their names are written on their backpacks, but they are also wearing the shortest skirts mm. possible. So it's yeah. this weird anime, like Asian schoolgirl, like Japanese schoolgirl kind of moment right, where it's meant to be like highly sexualized. Yeah. And it, this is. Why- they say that Austin Powers is very sexiful. Now, this is the thing, though. Is, so, th- this is another problem I have with this film, like, trying to decipher what it meant to me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's yeah. your representation. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, there is a trope. One day, Jane- I could fuck Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm- As a young Chinese man. If only I had a twin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, if, if Mike Myers can play it in both, both people in one scene, so can I. That's true, that's um, true. Now, would you be on either side of Austin in this? <laughs> uh, yeah, he'd be the meat. Okay. He'd be an Austin sandwich. He'd be the finger trap. Yes, yes. Now yes. that is racist. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's, there's a trope. So this film is parroting like spy films and action films, right? And there's uh. a trope in those that James Bond as aged as he might be, yep. can still hook up with, like, young, hot people. And often sure. those people are, like, quote-unquote exotic, you know, kind mm. of, like, from the Orient or whatever the fuck, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was, like, watching this being like, okay, is this capital B bad? Or is this, like, <laughs> him making fun of a thing that he thinks is capital B bad? Like, I don't... 
Okay, I see what mm. you're saying. It is 100% not the latter. I don't think so either. <laughs> no, there, <laughs> I think... There's no way that Mike sat down to write the scene that will finally take down exoticism. No. I think he came up with Fook Me and Fook You and thought that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Or, more likely, Mike Myers has in real life been fucked by twins named yep. Fook You and Fook Me. Okay. Uh, I, drawing this... on his own personal experience. Yeah. yeah. This is, for me, a real low point in the movie. <laughs> 100%. The, it brings me a little bit back, just the line. I've always had stuck my head. Where he's like twins, Basil. I don't know why, but that's always been stuck in my head. But it's so bad. These women aren't even sisters, but it just shows how great the makeup was on this movie. <laughs> and this woman was able to make them look very similar. Uh, it's not. Uh, I just. Uh, there's no defense of this scene. I don't know. Gonna, I can't defend it. I would have loved to funny. see this scene getting filmed. Yeah. I have another problem with the scene that isn't uh, related to the race of them. It's related to the universe of the of Austin Powers. So when they first approach him, they go, Oh, Austin Powers, we know you. We love you. You're so funny. So well, he's got a movie being made about him, so it's pretty famous for this. But point. is he like a comedy superstar? Yeah, in the, in he, the no, universe? he absolutely is in this universe, and that's one of the things that turns me off. Austin Powers. I love Doctor Evil in because these he's films not funny because he's in not funny scene. in the world. In Austin mm. Powers, if he says a funny line, you have to cut to a reaction shot from someone else in the scene laughing at that line, but and it yeah. kills me. Again, pat- I love it when the character isn't funny. But isn't that the joke though? Because all of his jokes suck. So isn't the joke that Mike Myers is making is James Bond always says these corny lines. Aren't we making fun of that? So it's like like that whole thing where him, uh, Austin Powers and, and Nigel Powers, they have this terrible back and forth they both say like horrible jokes and they go oh thank you like that mm. and it's and, and so that that overplaying of that is clearly a parody of that thing that would happen in Bond films no and it is true and what uh, they describe Austin as not a fish out of water but he's a fish out of water that brings his own water around him and that's all about Austin going around <laughs> and just truly delighting people oh my God. with bringing them into his energy like you've wasted your movie. life <laughs> <laughs> Wasted your fucking life. Well, um, it's not a waste, dude. If like me and Cameron are the early it's ones not a that waste. Are qualified, we have been emailing people for sponsorship, and we have had no responses. <laughs> um, going back to what Cam was saying though about uh, before, just about the sexual inappropriateness of like uh, Japanese schoolgirls, etc. Mm. Did, did anyone was anyone creeped out by the age difference between Beyonce? Okay, and thank you. Thank you. Here is the second. This, this is, is a Cameron's... this is a paradox I've been obsessed with. <laughs> For a long time. Okay, yeah. let's break it down. We'll call it the Beyonce age paradox. Okay, so when they first meet up, Beyonce, <laughs> aka Foxy Cleopatra, so she says to him, she says to him, <laughs> eight years and no phone call, nobody stands up, Foxy Cleopatra. Okay, so this is in 1975. It's been mm-hmm. eight years, so that means it was 1967 when they last met. Uh huh. If Beyonce is the same age as her character. Which is twenty. She was twenty. 20. Yeah. That means eight years ago she was twelve. Twelve years ago. And we can assume Austin was thirty-five either, but that's yeah. irrelevant because yeah. she was twelve years yeah, old. I know. <laughs> and then she says something to the effect of, I only got a taste of honey, I want the whole damn beehive. What does that mean? <laughs> does that mean it's so upsetting? Like I was watching that being like, Beyonce looks young in this, and then she says that, and I was like, Oh my Wait a minute. Goodness. Wait a minute. So So she, so I I, I get I, I don't think that Mike Myers is implying that Austin Powers is a pedophile, right? No, but that's but so so, so then that, so then we have to assume <laughs> I am that is dude, a pregnant butt. I am actually. addicted to that butt. You got you got to give me the I'm sentence on the end of that. that butt. But but if either way, it's canon. It's canon <laughs> no, no, but, that Austin so, Powers. But I think that she's meant to be like, let's say, like. 
28? I don't yeah. know if she, she is. She can't just reach for the she, most agreeable yeah. age you like can yeah, add an 8 to it. She can't. She can't. That's what I mean, though. That's, I'm trying to excuse this film, right? Totally. I'm trying. So, so because I don't, I think probably what happens is you just didn't think about it and it's just hard. Yeah, hard yeah totally. Right? And totally. there's a 100% chance that that if if they can make Fuku and Fukmi look exactly the same, Beyonce does not look twenty eight in this <laughs> movie. Beyonce looks exactly the age that she is. Yeah, uh, but, 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 again, but also it's... it was probably written for someone else, so they probably had it in mind for they'd have an older actor. Do you and think also, it was it for one of the other Destiny's I don't know, maybe children? Raven Simone or someone like that. <laughs> Do you really think like twenty now? Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck, no. <laughs> but I don't want Austin to be a pedophile, but I think it's official. No, I, okay, so what I think it is, is that there's no way they ever would have... Like, you never think about, oh, what should this person's age be for this character? Especially when you're making a dumb, silly Austin Powers comedy. It's actually so, interesting that you bring that up, because that's the way that Dan Harmon wrote the characters in Community. So at least one of the most successful writers does that. <laughs> but anyway, no, carry on. <laughs> you know, you don't, you're not, it, there's something about where you're just like, oh, he's just, just like, you know, get... oh, age is the defining characteristic is, of these characters. And so he'd I, set it up as that. I, I fucking hate this. You know what it is? I've, I've been kind Be of. Be right, Alexi. <laughs> okay. Well, I think, uh, I just, there's too much in this. I don't understand. Yeah, heroes are pedophile. It happened to Rolf and it's happening again. <laughs> but I, so, uh, I just. This You're crumbling right now. It's so strange. It's just so bizarre for me to be living in the year 2017 and then Beyonce is in Gold Member. Like, isn't that just the weirdest, like, little historical note what? that that was the thing that really broke her out as a star? Because she, she, before she was just, you know, uh, Destiny's uh, Child. In Pub Destiny's Child, which is a great. Uh, uh, trio Great band But it's a great group But this But this is a thing That gave birth To like The greatest Like popular culture Goddess Of like the Of our generation It's insane yeah. So my thing About this movie I think this movie Is the second most effort A man has put into Kissing Beyonce Knowles yeah. <laughs> The first most effort Being Jay-Z In the immediate Aftermath of the events That begat Lemonade oh. So that, do, like, do you think that do, Can we just Come back to Beyonce for a second then because there is a rap song mm. in by my favourite rapper movie Dr. Evil <laughs> which is a parody of a Jay-Z rap yeah. song now yeah. are Jay-Z and, and Beyonce are they dating at this point? now is that's he... the that's the contention about them they claim that they weren't until you know a, well, she it... was a bit older but then the theory is of course that they were dating while she was like 18 years old right okay yeah. and, so, and, so, and so and so did Mike is this like this is what I mean. So mm. you talk about like the whole thing of like he's putting a lot of effort, like you know, to, to kiss Beyonce. Does that mean he probably saw Jay Z like with her at set when he was like doing rehearsals, and he's like, "I've got a power play." I you think he wait. called an audible and was like, "Well, wait till she sees what white boy can do." Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it is like, well, she, she seems like this Jay Z rapper. Well, you know what I can do? I can parody his thing, and then she'll love me. Like it's. <laughs> There's some fucking pathology going on there that the, is like deeply upset. It's actually the least uh, of all the characters that he like, you know, plays off mm. in the other ones. This is the least sexual vibe. Yeah, because he's like forty mm. in the. Oh, yeah, it, it feels so got to like, feel super weird. Like they barely, uh, they don't even sleep in the same bed and stuff yeah. like that. And it that, feels like they're not even sexually compatible in any way. So then when they kiss yeah. at the end, and it is just a peck. I'm always like. 
Oh, that's unearned. Like, I didn't feel any tension between them. Because they just they feel even... like mates. Yeah, the they do time. feel like mates. In that one video where they show them, or, you know, where Austin shows her a video that he just had emailed to her. Yeah. Which is also a wonderful. <laughs> it's weird to remember it's... that YouTube didn't always exist. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a monkey scratching its button and sniffing it, I think. Yeah. Iconic yeah. video. <laughs> Iconic. Iconic vid. Should we do a whole episode on that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that is such an awkward scene because clearly mm. that's meant to be kind of like a giggly morning after showing that these people are getting along, but it's just a 40 year old man and a 20 year old woman. Yeah. A 40 yeah, year old a- man showing. A 20-year-old woman. You know that Beyonce had to show him how to turn the computer on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she was she was from the 70s, so she yeah. wouldn't even know what a computer I'm is. I'm talking about Beyonce, the actor. <laughs> In between um, sets, he was like, so how do I get this to sync with the cloud? And she was like, oh, here, do you... So I did a little bit of research into what um, Mike Myers and Beyonce's relationship was like and in the uh he said to her when she appeared on screen during the audio commentary he said uh that he's so much older than her that he can say that she was raised well is refers to her because he's like because he's just saying what a great person she is yeah she was really raised well yeah, uh, it- that just goes to show how much older that i am than her <laughs> and just, then can we stop on that for cool. a second isn't one of like the, sh- the 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 hallmarks of being a child star is that you are not raised well yeah <laughs> tra- the, the only way you can achieve that kind of greatness as a child mm. star is if you are like kind of borderline like attacked and abused by your and parents and she kind of famously is yeah like, she, she famously like, often talks about from that. her yeah and her dad used to make her run and sing on a treadmill mm. For hours, yeah. It's, it's, so, yeah. Anyway, but yes, well. he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she's polite. Apparently, is what it would seem. But, yeah, I bet she is. And <laughs> Jay like Roach said that he they that he often observed her just watching Mike and just learning how to be like a star from Mike Myers. He, hang on, that's his observation about Jay her. Roach said oh, that. J- of, yeah, Jay Roach said that <laughs> that he would Mike often Mike. delight in seeing Beyonce just kind of observe Mike and just kind of understand that quality. Is it, is and it, so is point. Mike Myers an inspiration <laughs> and influence for Beyonce? But if, if you're a 20-year-old, you put their 20-year-old in a room with Mike Myers mm, circa yeah. 2002, every 20-year-old on the fucking planet is going to think... Because you got to think, he's one of the biggest stars in the world at yeah. this point. Yeah. He's like Wayne's World yeah. about a decade before this, which is a huge film. He then kind of goes away, you know, hosts SNL and stuff. Mm, people are familiar with his work. Yeah, and the yes, worst yeah. thing you could... Do, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you right now, the world of Mike check started with a four hour rundown <laughs> of Mike's discography. I, 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 I guess what I'm yeah. saying is like we are actually hitting Mike Myers 2002 gold peak. member at the very mm. peak mm. of his career. This is the start. But, but mm. the thing is this movie comes too late because it's parodying a, a, a genre of movie that's on the way out. So the mm. action film, the spy film, uh, Mission Impossible, James Bond, it's about to go into a lot. And what you see in the early 2000s is the rise of the superhero film, which is, you know, X-Men comes out, uh, I think, uh, mm. what, Spider-Man's around this time. It's not, yeah. you don't have the huge Marvel Cinematic Universe mm. yet, but you have this big, and so there's a shift happening, but this is like the last remnant of this parody of this thing and that's I going think away. And this is what killed it as mm. well, because uh, mm. Daniel Craig has said that the reason that his James Bond is not funny is because Austin Powers killed all of that stuff. Yeah. And that's why I find this film so weird, because it's such it's a powerful, so, creative cultural it, moment. Yeah, it's so close <laughs> to like nailing all of this stuff. And the weird thing is that it nails the look of this blockbuster film that 
like it, there's scenes in this that look like Skyfall, like where you've got <laughs> yeah. freaking. Did Roger Dr. Deacon Evil- DP this one? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a scene where uh, Doctor Evil is like encased in this glass box that's just like in Skyfall years later, or and it's like got Magneto the same. X-Men. It's got the same twist. Or Hannibal Lecter as, yes. as, yeah, as Spectre. Yeah, the one it's referenced. Yeah. This <laughs> film has the same twist as Spectre, where you find out that they're that Austin and Doctor Evil are brothers, just like Blofeld and James Bond in the latest James Bond what? film. What you're saying yeah. is that oh. the 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 copy has become the copied. Yeah, and it's they, I, this. I don't think this. The look of this film is right because Austin Powers films are so beautifully stylish up until this point, mm. and I mm. think the costume is still stunning. Like I think Austin's and Foxy's costumes are incredible. Like there's this when Austin's singing "Daddy Wasn't There." That orange suit is one of the best things I've ever seen. It's so cool. And I think oh what they've done is they've been able to evolve Austin's costume a little bit more so it can kind of fit into the 70s. Apart from the pimp suit, that sucks. That's not good. What about the Pimpmobile? The Pimpmobile sucks. I mean, it's kind of cool. I would buy it. It's <laughs> Do you guys feel, because obviously Foxy Cleopatra mm. is a tribute to slash parody of black exploitation. Yeah, sure. and like the coffee. Like, yeah, and the female protagonist. Pretty much all Pam Greg From that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but... It it exists in such isolation mm. within a film that it kind of feels weird to me. Yeah, absolutely. I, this is yeah. like there's no other black exploitation tropes. It's- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just they've dropped the single black character. Yeah. Like this is the problem, though. That, 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 that it's a, it's a fish out of water film, right? But then there are so many different fish in this film. <laughs> yeah, they're all like it's just yeah. not one so of them is in water, water except for Goldmember. Yeah, yeah. But well, the that's... one I did a lot of research into black exploitation a few weeks leading up to this podcast because I want to be literate for this. Oh my god! And I think oh, I fuck. in the in the process of doing this, I kind of like uh, understood what they were trying to do, and I think it's great to get this uh, really great iconic character like. Uh, Foxy Brown mm-hmm. and Coffee and Cleopatra Jones and kind of put it together into this one thing. And I think that's such a great foil for Austin to have a really strong, powerful, independent woman uh, who in the in the black exploitation films, these characters were often part of groups of men as well. And there'll be kind of like uh, versions of the Black Panthers. And this was all about sticking it to the man. And it, they were all very there was a grittiness to these films. Like, not exactly a realism mm-hmm. or an authenticity, but a grittiness and a dirtiness to them. And for me, watching this now, 
I was so disappointed that that is such a funny movie to drop Austin into a black exploitation movie where he becomes the prude amongst all these other people. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be mm. such a funny movie. And then for this to kind of just waste to have like one scene that feels kind of black exploitation in the Studio 69. Mm. <laughs> funny oh, joke, God. by the way. Guys. I actually forgot that was the name of that. Oh my God. <laughs> and I think that's just a waste because that's some great comic foil and they're kind of working in that area a little bit, but mm. it just doesn't. It doesn't come together well, and it's because the look of the film is just so polished. Can I, can I offer another reason as to why that element doesn't come through well? Because the lead villain in this black exploitation <laughs> is a Dutch swinger named Johan von Schmutt. Van der Smut. Van, van der Smut. Yeah. Which I will say, Goldmember, I thought he was like one of the funniest things in this film. He's terrific. He absolutely is. Like... Like uh, uh, Tom, you look you look shocked. I am Tom. flabbergasted <laughs> by the round the table agreement on this. Because what do you mean? last He's time so we funny. talked about it, in fact, before we started this podcast, one of the inspirations was you and I making fun of Goldmember you and as I, a character. Yeah, just texting each other. I love gold. And I'll tell you why. Because when we That's first like meet really him, funny because like it's such a shitty character and he's just <laughs> yelling, "I love gold." That's so ironic. Like he doesn't think that's a funny thing to say. He doesn't think it's a good character thing. He's making fun of the shallowness of the character. Like saying, I'm from, I'm Dutch, isn't that weird? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm from Holland, isn't that weird? Let's run through all, all, the, all the character traits of this character, who is by far the most shallow character that Mike has played, <laughs> with the exception of even Fat Bastard. Yeah, Fat Bastard. But we meet him. This is what happens in the first five minutes of meeting him. He comes out and says, mm. his first line is, I'm from Holland, isn't that weird? Yeah, that and is that's, weird. That's weird and funny. He's got the accent. Then he bends his legs up really high, both of them. Yep. Then he has flaky skin. Then he says, Faja. Then he says, I love gold. Then he says that he lost his... At that his... point, by the way, we are aware of his infatuation with gold. <laughs> then he says he lost his genitalia in a bizarre smelting accident. Which is a callback to a thing that Dr. Evil says earlier, doesn't he? But it's not even a callback. It's just staying... staying exactly the, the same, same thing. Bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. halfway yeah. through the list. Yeah. <laughs> then he does his famous giggle. <laughs> Which is another character trait. Then he says, toit like a tiger. (laughs) (laughs) Then he does the schmuck and a pancake thing. Then we see the skin box where he puts his skin in. And then he starts quoting songs and films from the 70s in dialogue. This is all his characters. This is one thing I wanted to quickly bring Mm -hmm. up, which is the gold member in that last category, in that last trait, is very similar to our own Alexi Toliopoulos. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Because from saying something and then going, as played by Michael Caine. That is what you do. Yeah, I know. He's Mike's a big influence on me. Yeah, there's no denying it. His greatest creation, Gold Member, <laughs> is, a, is a fine influence. So it's isn't, such isn't a dumb weird? character, but he has more like eccentricities yeah. than any of them. Absolutely. And isn't it weird that there are there are so many different types of comedy in that list of comedy, right? So mm. you have like the, the the eating the skin thing is like super weird and gross, gross and out. really fucking mm. funny. And then there's the <laughs> I bend my legs behind myself to kick you in the face thing, yeah. which is so dumb and looks bad yeah. and is not executed well and it's just <laughs> sh- like there's just so many different elements. So I think what happened was they were like, all right, what haven't we done? Yeah. Let's just write them all down and then we'll just do everything this fucking character. What's and just your favorite one? What do you like about Gold Member the most. I think mm. him. Uh, I, I think Mike Myers being self-aware that it's okay. such a shallow character is my favorite. So that's what you enjoy, Tom. A hundred percent. Going on to uh, the IMDb page for Austin Powers in Gold Member, clicking on the category that says quotes and uh-huh. reading. I love gold. <laughs> so good. With like so seven good. O's. Yeah, but that's so like- many O's. But also the fact that it just says Gold Member colon <laughs> <laughs> yelling. <laughs> 
That is my favourite catchphrase because for the reason it's you like it, Hing. It's terrible. So it's, it's so, so funny. So, but that's, that, 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 he's admitting that and he's saying, I think he's saying, this, it's a, obviously a play on, what's the James Bond one? Gold finger. 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 Fuck. Gold finger. Gold was, penis. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's that whole thing of like, this is so dumb. Like, what, just a villain who just loves gold? Like this idiot thing. And he's making fun of that. I, I fucking love it. I think I like the giggle. Because it's the only thing that feels like they thought about this character Or he stumbled upon a, yeah. a genuine yes. trait that came out of the character It's not scripted it, Yeah, it's just, they would have, in character, in the moment He would have realised that Goldmember laughs like that like, mm. yeah. And then it's used well <laughs> I think it's funny Can I ask you guys a question? Because I'm not sure about this now But I was certain about it like two days ago mm-hmm. Is Goldmember horny? Well, can he be? He's lost his um, genitals. Yeah. In a, might I add a bizarre smelting accident? Unfortunate smelting Unfortunate, accident. sorry. <laughs> but there's nothing bizarre. A about series it. of unfortunate smelting accidents. So is he horny because he's kind of. He's living in a sexual world. Mm. He's based on a sexual character that Tom will go into in a moment. But the guy. I don't know. I think he's a bit asexual uh, and mm. he likes. Being, he's like it when kids are sexual before they know what they what that so, is. So he's not sexual because he's meant to be a foil to Austin Powers, who is the most horny. Yeah, mm, but Austin, but Doctor Evil is also not sexual. No, no, but, but he's kind of horny. He, he's corny for Frau. No, yeah, that's the thing. No, no, he's not. <laughs> Doctor Evil isn't horny. Doctor Evil will have sex though mm. to gross you, the viewer, out. Like yeah, that's the true, whole point. True, it's, true. it's always just a, which is also. The only reason I will have sex is to, to gross, gross me. <laughs> you, you, the viewer, <laughs> out. the viewer. Okay, so here's the thing. I think this is a profound. Uh, this this is you guys mixing up horniness with ability to action that horniness by making love, making whoopee, or just plain making fuck. So these characters are all horny. Goldmember in particular is horny. He mm-hmm. outsources that horniness to gold, which he loves. Okay, so he's got a gold fetish, perhaps. Yes, and Goldmember is actually based on the, their stated aim with Goldmember was to find a character, create a character that could outswing mm. even Austin himself. And they did that by having Mike, uh, as he was writing, he says, at, late at night when he's writing, he watches HBO's Real Sex. Because he's horny. This is, and that's the thing, this movie is by far the horniest, the most obviously horny of those things. Because HBO's Mm. Real Sex is just porn, and the episode (laughs) that he was watching is just porn, because we've been able to find it on X Hamster, and it is just people fucking at this swingers barn in Holland, Holland, and this guy running the barn. (laughs) (laughs) There's barns in Holland! Isn't that weird? Um, Smoking a pancake. Anyway... The guy who runs it. It's and 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 he took he takes Mike took the voice and the mannerisms of this man who ran the swingers barn and made that Goldfinger member and made that gold member. <laughs> so two things I want to ask about gold member. The first is, do you think so? Do you Does think he they, really love gold? Do you think do you think their ca- do you think their character creation of him was like he's going to be the swinger who outswings Austin Powers, but he won't have a dick? Yeah, like do you think that was conscious? Absolutely, think- that's the ultimate uh, irony yeah. of life. Imagine being irony. wanting to swing, but you can't because you, you don't, don't have, have a dick. And the, the second thing, you just said the, the, the smoking a pancake bit. Do you think? Do you think he improved that, and then they went and got props made, Improvised and they reshot props. it? Yeah, and they reshot it. Or do you think 
Like one hundred percent, that was on the page. That's got to be. In I'm the convinced script. that was on the page. But what's the point? I don't. I don't get it. I don't it's understand a, it. It's one of the lamer gags in. But it's just in so, a movie with also, Fook Me and Fook You in it. Seems but, to be parodying something that I had no idea existed. <laughs> this no. a lot of this film really rests on the viewer having a knowledge of the Dutch. Yeah, and I've been, to, I've been to the Netherlands, and I brag. Yeah, I don't mean to brag, but I have kicking? been. I've, I did some spots over there. Yeah, <laughs> um, I died, guys. Oh no! But they all laugh like this. Ah. <laughs> um, no, but they they smoke weed. That's a thing that everyone knows. Like weed is legal in Amsterdam. Fuck I, I had no idea that crepes and pancakes I were guess a thing po- over there. Poffertjes, yeah, true. Yeah. So Dutch I, I guess yeah. I didn't realize that was the starting point of it. But I thought that them just committing to doing five different versions of smoking a pancake, I thought was great. But the original smoking a pancake, I was like, that's weird. Yeah. I, I like, I'll, I'll listen to a list of things and find it funny. Yeah, I sure. think this is a rehash of a classic Michael Hing problem, which is similar to when you were in Edinburgh and you went to a character show by John Kearns, mm. really excited for it, and you went there and you sat there for five acts of like these weird character magicians and no one else was laughing, but mm. you were laughing incredibly hard. Mm. You told me this. Yes. And then what happened? I realised I wasn't at a John Kearns show, I was at a magic show. <laughs> but I had the watched... reason no one else was literally screaming with laughter as card trick after card trick failed was because they were all there to enjoy magic yes. and you were there on the assumption that it was ironic meta-comedy. <laughs> yes. And that is exactly what you're doing with a lot of this film. <laughs> with Smoke and a Pancake. What? You're like, this is so funny, so- they know how bad this is. But really, it's just a sad magician on stage asking a woman to get up on stage and she won't get up until she knows exactly what the trick is <laughs> exactly what happened no well I'm going to push back against that Tom because I think I think you could not be unaware that parody is hack at this point right so Mike Myers has conquered the world of parody in Wayne's World and now with Austin Powers and he, what he does is he, the, Austin Powers actually pushes off a a whole genre of that sort of scary movie uh-huh. like schlock the parody thing, thing comes back which yeah. which is which is mm. sort of I think scary movies probably 1999 2000 or something mm. so when he starts yeah. writing gold member yes it's because of cash money but also he has to be aware that parody and hack the parody's hack at this point right so he gets to that point he's starting to write this film and he's so i don't know whether it's conscious but he has so much self-hatred in this film that you can't like you can't deny it's gonna be ironic it's gonna be ironic i think there's some irony there but i think as well at this point it's moved beyond parody it's not just parody anymore because it they're character comedies as well but he's and parodying it's... himself in this film when they, when, when Dr. Evil goes we're going to do that bit now we're going to do the bit where I just talk over you now like he's like making oh, fun yeah, of true. like yeah. how... they're making fun of the tropes of the movie yeah like, and fact, then all the Osborns in this film are saying it's lazy and shit like uh. I don't yeah it's... true and, and, and that actually... is a good gag that does not save that segment <laughs> can I say uh, that is that is my least favourite part of the movie that's my least Micah's touch of mm. this movie mm. I, as soon as Ozzy comes on screen I forgot that was going to happen. I was like, oh yeah, that was that time yeah. when it's early 2000s. The what I mean, Osborne's parody, was on. Parody yeah. ages so badly because it's yeah. got to be so specific. But with the with the meta thing, I think you're right, Hing, because this is the most meta out of all of them. This is the one... Like it literally has a film within a film. Like a film within a film <laughs> and Fat Bastard is on wires during the fight yeah. scene yeah. and he That's, acknowledges that, the wires. Again, is and the parody of, of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is big at the time. Yeah. True, but, or like, even, but or this the is Matrix the only one it seems yeah. like where they know they're in a movie. Like, And they're breaking the fourth wall you What's see the, the wise team there 
Yeah, the wise yeah. team is there on Austin's list where he crosses off yeah. sex with Asian yeah. twins. It also says capture Doctor Evil even in the, the first, first act. act. Yeah. Yeah. There's things like that. They seem to know they're in a movie now, in this one. I, I, now, what I'm gonna uh, my my point of this is I think it's deliberate. I don't think it makes it a better film. I think Austin Powers as a character is so confident that you want to just be like yeah. in his charm, right? Yeah. And the fact that they kind of like lean in and then kind of back out at the last minute and this stuff really kind of makes the film. Feel you want him weak. to just lean in, go all the way, and just go for that sweet. Patch. Oh, I, like, yeah. I, I just want him to, if he's gonna be fucking the guy. Who says, Do I make you horny, baby? And that's Shagadelic. <laughs> just fucking do, like, you've done it for two films. Just do Fuck. You just brought something to my mind. Does Austin even ask if anyone is horny in this movie? <laughs> I don't think he does. He does. He does. Okay. Young Austin does, but yeah. not Mike Austin. Oh, young, young Austin. Austin. But I think as well, <laughs> I think as well, the reason that he's, Austin is the least horny in this film because he's got to deal with his dad the whole time. True. And how can he be horny around your folks? I that absolutely want to talk about this. I absolutely want to talk about this. The, 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 the dad thing. Cause... So this is all about father issues, this movie. The whole movie is all about father issues. That's because... rare for Mike. <laughs> but this is the one that's the most belated about father issues because it's all very about literal. Mike. It has a song that he wrote <laughs> titled Daddy Wasn't There. Yeah. And it's, so it's all about Mike trying to, uh, Austin trying to reconnect with his father and bridge the gap there. Mm. And it's he's played by Michael Caine, who in the Ipcrest file was the big influence for who Austin Powers is. So it's kind of like in Indiana Jones where they get Sean Connery mm. to play his father. Oh, that's exactly And right. so it's yeah. very much like staring into the mirror and a lot of it is uh, based on his own relation with his father. Yeah, can in, I add when to they that, do the, the Bacharach thing at the end just as another fatherly yeah. thing? The You know, again, the incorporation, but I think the first on-screen appearance of Mr. Bacharach. No, he's in all the films. Oh, is he? He does yeah. a duet with yeah. oh, Costello and yeah. Spy Shagney. Disregard. Yeah. And, um, yeah, fuck off, Tom. So, <laughs> and the whole Cockney rhyming slang mm. uh, scene is is how he and his father would communicate in real life, and he would it was like very oh, endearing to Mike him. and his father, Mike and uh, <laughs> Mike and his poor father, Spike. who sadly passed away. Spike Myers. We did lose. We did lose. Spike. We lost Spike back yeah. in nineteen. Can twenty sixteen just stop? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the- they so they would connect with him, going like, hey, like. Do go hop over the frog and toad and his friends will be like that's weird man your dad's a weirdo so I think it made him and his dad a lot closer mm. that kind of thing so he puts that exactly up on the screen this film's also about mini me trying to connect with Dr. Evil again and Scotty Evil trying to connect with Dr. Evil, Dr. Evil mm. and Dr. Evil stuff. trying to connect with uh, Nigel Powers towards the end of the movie yeah. and Austin this this film is got it's dad to, overload yeah it's, it's dad a lot overload, of dad but I think I mean Mike Myers so his dad gets Alzheimer's in like the mid 80s I mm. think and 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 that's when and that's before he becomes a global superstar mm. so I think Wayne it wasn't going to you weren't going to have like Wayne's World 3 Wayne's World's dad right well I'm hopeful <laughs> but I feel like this is the moment where he's like this is one for me you yeah, know this yeah. is the movie I want to make and, yeah. and and he and he I think probably thinks yes he's making a funny film but also he's trying to deal with like He's trying to deal with the issues of, like, my dad wasn't there. And there's just five or six years of his life where his dad is there, but, not but there. is not there, mm, you know. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's very upsetting. It <laughs> is so blatant. It it's is so incredibly on. blatant. There's no other film that's so clearly been, mm. I want to deal with my dad issues, especially because this one has that... The actor played two different characters mm. who both find out that their dad loves them. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and the dad is the same guy. Mm. Mike, like 
Mike gets catharsis from his dad issues twice. Yeah. But, in this but he also yeah. gets it fucking all the time. Like, I mean, I know it's a, it'd be a huge thing. I haven't lost my father. But, I mean, everything that Mike makes is about this exact mm. thing. And I This think- one is the most blatant because it even one of the last lines of the film is Nigel Powers saying... I'm sorry, son. And Austin's saying, I forgive you, dad. Or I love See, you too, yeah. dad, again, or something. This is, this is like, me reading oh into this. Again, maybe this is me giving the movie too much credit, but I was like, is he ironically detached from the death of his own father and he's making fun of this no, as a trope? No, no, no. It's, it's, I think it's full on earnest, he's, right? He's, it's full on he's, earnest. It's fully earnest. I think that's... We, it's In this film as well, it's kind of odd because it's not shoehorned in because they kind of find a way to make it feel very natural, like a natural progression for this character and this series to lead up to this point. And it's done in a way that's very sincere. Mm. And I think the Austin Powers films, for a lot of it, they have kind of played with that, the sincerity and the super irony. And this is the one where it swings more in the direction than any of the others into the sincerity and more into the direction of the irony than all the other films. And it's kind of stuck Mm. never in the middle. It's never in the middle. It's either both. It's either both things because mm. I don't think there's very few scenes between Nigel and Austin that are funny. Mm. They're kind of like they're, they're bad entertaining, jokes, and there's some sweet banter. Wasn't his dad? Didn't his dad kind of introduce him to comedy or yeah. something? That's yeah, thing. Monty Python stuff, and also Bond movies and like in like Peter Flynn Sellers, and Peter Sellers right? Which is okay. what all yeah. of these are. Did he, you? I read. I read an IMDb trivia on this that if they didn't get Michael Caine, Sean Connery was up for it. Yuck. Which that, I think... Oh. Now, Sean Connery, great comedian, first of all. I mean, the guy's funny. He's, he's funny, he's sexy, he's cool. Is he's it? all those things. I'm just glad that finally someone who hits women is going to get a go in comedy. <laughs> oh, boy. But this one... Okay, you're right. They do build up to it a little bit. And I think that begins mm. with the sequence at Spy Academy, yeah. which I hate for a number of reasons. I wish it was not in the film. I wish they just talked about it. I wish they didn't spend 10 minutes showing this is, us it. This is one of those rare, like, tell-don't-show moments. Yeah, know? like, I because... Think, to give him credit, I think the all the performances are pretty good. Can I counter that by saying fuck no? Because really? I think it's like watching... It reminded me of being in high school and seeing the nerdy kids going like, Yeah, yeah baby, groovy, is. which is what it is. And I fucking hate But again, that. Isn't, I, I just assumed that was him making fun of all the people who were like... Need like pointlessly imitating. I don't him. understand how you can attribute this much irony to Mike Myers when he made the Love Guru, dude. He's, he's so much more genuine than you're giving him credit for. I think that's true. Like he's the guy's so my hero, but King, you, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> it's so refreshing and scary for me for someone to be more insane than me on this podcast. <laughs> I assume that this was. I assume that that whole. No, oh my god! Everyone is you. I assume that whole scene was him being like, "Oh, these fucking losers who were like my wife, kind of." No way. And then he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna this make fun is, of them." Uh, the feeling I think would have been they're gonna love seeing young Austin. And there is, there's a <laughs> yeah, George Lucas. Did. They are gonna, lo- yeah. You know what they love? Let's give them everything they love, but without the main thing they love. Yeah. Let's give there's, them all the words, yeah, but not if we if we could do all the all the empty catchphrases without the uh, comedic performance yeah. of, a, of a of a movie star. Oh <laughs> my god, Doctor Evil is, I think, the creepiest thing I've ever seen on screen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I've seen it. He's so smooth, and I hate him. He looks like an he, look, he looks like an X Men character. <laughs> yeah. He looks exactly. Exactly like Doctor Xavier yeah. in an early all of them. film. They all and they all say things that have been echoed in the other movies, like who throws a cupcake. Honestly, which mm. pissed me off because Doctor Evil doesn't say that line. That's an Austin Powers line. That who scene a is a total. Well, victory they're brothers. Lap. 
They're oh, brothers. It's foreshadowing. And Austin, like, fucking his teacher. Everything about it bummed that, me out. Also, that yeah. child fucking is the is so uncomfortable <laughs> but to that, me. But also, yeah. that teacher is like a teacher teacher. She's not yeah. like... Like, that, that's another weird pedo-y moment. Like, it's yeah. not excusable just because she's hot. And she was hot. I'll say that. That's I'll admit, that's the scene that made me horny. But I also <laughs> was not into it in any way. Because it's a, oh. a... There's, um, a, there's a documentary feature on the Blu-ray where it's all about these young guys and getting their moulds and there's, like, to fit into the characters. And there's this one thing that's real weird where Jay Roach, they're filming it when he tells them they've got the part. And because they're so self-conscious about being on camera, mm. they're like, oh, great, cool. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted... You could tell they want to be... They're really excited, but because they're being filmed, they're like, you know... You know, China 17 cool. or something. They don't know how to act. I really like this scene and I only really enjoyed it because I was watching this and being like, imagine if you got the call. Yeah. Okay. Imagine yeah. imagine if you and Alexi got the call saying I mean, you are playing it? young Austin and young I, Dr. I, Evil. I think they should Thank have you for not saying it's... I'd be young fat bastard. That's all I could say. They should have had the same actor to play both of both of yeah. them. Yeah, that's such an insane decision. Or like it's weird they got like Fucking real actors. I don't know who these kids are. Well, they're both currently actors. But as you well, know, get still. your Zac Efron's in there. Come get on, the Stranger Efron. Kids things. Yeah, in. get the Stranger Kids. Well, not born yet. They're now, not even born. Does Rob Lowe play young number two? No, in Spy Shagney plays young number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So, so this, this man is, is playing young Rob Lowe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, because I just looking at that like pre-sex tape. Rob that, Lowe. that 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 character really peaks in like that early mm. middle age. And then just kind of dimes, you know what I mean? Well, you know, he starts out as this young, precocious number two at Spy Academy. Then yeah. he becomes Rob Lowe, like very hot, very hot guy. And then he becomes alleged murderer Robert Wagner. Yeah, um, so he really peaks at that. Yeah, Rob so Lowe you want to get him right at Rob Lowe. <laughs> there is a deleted scene in this movie where Robert Wagner as number two is dressed as a woman, and it's clear mm. that he just fucked young Rob Lowe number two. It's a deleted scene? It's a deleted scene. What? Yeah. Oh, that, that's, um, I mean, this, I mean. <laughs> that's <uh-oh>. it. <laughs> I'm fucking gobsmacked by that. Why wasn't that in that's the cut? That's a nightmare. Oh, that is a nightmare. Um, is. is there any, there's a couple of other scenes that I want to call out that I thought that actually did make me laugh quite a little bit. Uh, actually, quite a lot of bit. I'll say it. But there's um Well how about we do that? Let's ask each other what our favourite moment sure, was. Yeah. And let's try and end positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you start off Alexa. Micah's touch. What was your So Micah's my Micah's touch? touch, uh they're both callbacks to the to some of the psych gags, uh mainly from Spy Shake Me. Michael, did you take pages of notes that you're flipping through? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's Absolutely. fantastic. I, 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 I wrote like six pages Thank of notes you. on this. Well, that's Thank what you. made me horny, baby, was, <laughs> was hearing Michael flipping through multiple pages of notes I wrote then. down... There are so many things. I, 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 I wrote down... Uh, the, like, talking about the, the, the rap, I wrote like mm. a, a several sentences about how it could have been a parody about how Eminem was a white guy taking over rap. Oh, you're so you right. are giving so much credit in all the wrong places. Um, so my Micah's touch favorite moment. Uh, I love the scene with Minnie Me and Austin in the doctor's office with Neil Malarkey, who is Mike's the, uh, former. Yeah. Uh, the shadow former, scene. Yeah, the shadow scene. Or the, the on when office. he's on his shoulders. Both of those. I'll count that as one because I think they're both so funny. 
just because that's actually Vern Troyer. He's at, he, Mike actually is on Vern Troyer's shoulders, and they've got and like a whole wires. wire crew kind of following them around, and they've painted all that out. And I think that's just so funny to see them play off each other like that. It is sort of an inspired gag. I think it's great, and it's got those mm. nice touches where it, if it was a simpler, like two less competent. Uh, creators, they would have just been on like a plain flat surface, but they make it like actually work and feel more authentic by having it as like this, like an imperfect surface that they're on, like mm. that kind of uh, curtain. And also the guy, <laughs> that's absurd. No, that's I think that's true. I think that's true because if, if it was just any it's other 100% movie, hundred percent not, dude. <laughs> okay, how dare you? I think it's true. And what, I. What think- was your favorite bit of this bit, though? Um, is this bit peak for you? It is when the henchman, who is the same henchman from Spy Shag Me, it's the same actor mm. who's watching them, his reactions to it all. And uh-huh. I think the part where it kills me is where Mini Me sprays <laughs> the apple juice in a very fierce way into the cup. Both of those are my things. And also, even as though a that's note, the second piss joke in five minutes, I also love the first piss joke. It was my second <laughs> oh favorite my gag. <laughs> my favorite piss joke, probably Donald Trump. Most recently, that's my favorite. But I think as well um, that actor, that is the henchman in that scene. He who he is who plays the Mike characters when Mike is one of the other characters in the scene. Oh, he's the stand-in. He's the stand-in, but he's apparently great at them as well. And yeah. Okay, so your favorite moment is Mini Me pretending to (laughs) to to be Austin's dick, pretending to be Austin's dick. Right. I think that's my favorite scene in the whole film. Hing, what was yours? Okay, this is a very, very specific moment. Okay. And it's... it's it's And it's hard. I, I, I'm trying to... I'm, I've really had to cross the things off my list since that you've told me that this film is not nearly as clever as I thought it was. <laughs> Did you think that Fook You and Fook Me could have been like... Absolutely. Because it's, it's the kind of thing that... Because they're making fun... It's, it's like Felicity Shagwell, right? It's like, it's like, it's like yeah. uh, Dixie Normus. It's like they, there's these terrible names... Mm. And and it's making fun of the Bond thing is what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I think yeah. Think, yeah. But maybe I'm I wrong. think it is that, but but also uh, real bad. But, but also, but not, you also uh, thought it was yeah. Mike Myers solving racism. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? I think it is that, but it's not as good or funny as you think it might. Be <laughs> I, I, I thought. Yeah. Okay. So this is it, 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 it's and with Mike Myers, it's always the little things. You know, it's always the little moments where you're just like, that's fucking genius. The little right? things like Van Troyer. <laughs> Oh boy! So it's this—it's it's the uh, Austin Powers um, fat bastard fight scene mm-hmm. that ends with the wire breaking, and he's just sort of standing in the air. And then, he, and then uh, Foxy Cleopatra pulls out a gun, shoots the wire, and fat bastard falls to the floor. She then walks over, puts her boot on fat bastard, <laughs> and she goes like, "You're under arrest, sugar, or whatever." Mm. And then Mike Myers, this is shot of the boot on his chest, and fat bastard, he just just lets his tongue out a little bit, yeah. and just tries to <laughs> lick the boot. <laughs> That's a good scene. It's just one moment where you're like, okay, so fat bastard. Not only, not like, and and to be clear, it's not he's trying to, he's not fat and he's trying to eat it. He's trying to like sexually lick the boot. Mm. Because as we've covered in this show, Mike's best comedy comes from horniness. Always. And it's just like, what a fucking weird, like why? Like he's just decided, he's like, oh yeah, that's right. All my characters are horny. He's not just fat, he's also horny. I've got to insert something in this. And I just want to know if that's in the script or if, or if it's improvised. And if it's improvised, what the fuck is Beyonce thinking when Mike Myers... Well, it would have been a stand-in. Well, she's she's in awe of Mike the whole time, so I think she would have been delighted to be part so of the you know, Wait, you don't think that was Beyonce's foot? No way. They wouldn't have wasted a shot on 
on Beyonce like that. I mean, I've worked on some sets. Yeah, but what she's do you mean not that? Beyonce. What do you mean? She's, you know... Cam's filmed a lot of feet. <laughs> yeah. So you're... you're why do you think it was? A, why do you think they would have got Beyonce to do it? I don't it? think they would have got all her angles and then gone. All right, go sit down and bring in the stand-in. No, you know? I don't think so. This is they're having fun. She's twenty years old. She, yeah. She's having a great time on this film. All right, fine. I'll go with you on this you know one. What? It's Beyonce's. I, ho- I reckon I wanna, we I are wrong. An interview where Beyonce talks about this because Beyonce, yeah. she would be her perspective on this entire. Fuck! I wish I'd done. I have watched I a lot of. I've watched all the uh, interviews I could find. Or that uh, yeah. Beyonce talking about Austin Powers in Goldmember. Yeah, <laughs> I hate saying the full title. Just of it. call it Austin Pussy if you're having straight jokes. Call it Crack My Shit Up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But so yeah, I've only seen contemporary uh, interviews with her, like, like of the on, time on Letterman yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of the time or so for you, the DVD. You so when she's the, when she's like on the junket, when she's what I've seen is Rove. Yeah, she did and Rove. She did Rove doing this, and it That's is a good get. not an informative interview on Rove. Is she just being... Because, I mean, Beyonce is... She's being... She's a normal human being, which is the most baffling thing about seeing Beyonce in this film, is she's a normal human being. She's reacting like a 20-year-old person. She's like, yeah, it was really fun and exciting. And she seems, like, really positive and just, like, like, very approachable. She's very charming in this film. Yeah, it's I think I'd be friends with her. I reckon I could be (laughs) a friend. What? And Jay-Z. The whole crew. Um, It's a hard knock. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think that... I didn't even notice that... Uh, scene, but you describing it to me is really funny. it's great. It's a great. <laughs> I, I think that. that's a great Micah's touch. That's a good one. <laughs> that's terrific. What Tom, about you? Do you have one? I think the first time I watched this movie, the the and the gag that's it's pronounced movie. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> please be respectful of the genre that we're working. With. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> You're like, oh. No, I didn't. Keep on going. (laughs) Okay, so first, I loved that scene. I loved the, uh, no, I didn't. Didn't. Daddy wasn't there for me. (laughs) That is really funny to me. But the first gag that made me really laugh out loud properly and be like, oh, this movie is going to rule is when Steven Spielberg, uh, just after (laughs) saying, uh, for one, the gag where he's like... um, uh, where Austin says, "Oh, I do have some notes," and then it cuts back to Steven Spielberg, and he's holding his Oscar. <laughs> like, oh, really? I think my friend here might have something to say about that. But the thing that made me laugh is that then, when the music hits and the dancing starts, you see Steven Spielberg yeah. shrug, and then there's a cut, and then Steven Spielberg, mm. or like a stunt double dressed yeah. in exactly his yeah, clothes, does, like, does so many backflips. Yeah, I like that too. When I was a kid, I was convinced that was a real Steven Spielberg. Like, it took me a long time to figure out that. That's not You're like, oh, him. it's a bummer they didn't get coverage of his face yeah. during those clips. <laughs> and for oh. a long time as well. Do you think I, Stephen said that shot was okay? Because that seems out of character. <laughs> I, as a kid as well, I spent so long trying to figure out if that was the real queen or not as well. Oh. Because it wasn't in it's the credits. so obviously what the not the And now when I watch it, I'm like, are you crazy? You have her on your money card. You can get a picture of her. You don't even have to buy a picture of her. You can be like... Oh, <laughs> oh! It's not her. Yeah, it's completely. Well, not that her. actor has played the queen in many things. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure and she's in Ali G in the house. Yeah. And the Naked Gun movies. And, and uh, the I Crown think, on Netflix. I, she's the Crown. She yeah. played Helen Mirren. And the she, other. Think at the time I was more familiar with her than I was the real queen because those were all the movies I was watching <laughs> when I was that age. You've been missing the Christmas Day address. <laughs> I also really like the uh, point and laugh. 
That was super oh, funny oh, to yeah. me. And especially that, that old man janitor. <laughs> but funnier than him to me is all those people in suits and evening gowns pointing and literally <laughs> screaming with laughter at someone because their dad didn't turn up <laughs> to, a to see them being knighted. To visit being knighted. That is pretty funny. I think mine is, and I think I'm coming at it from the hing angle this time. <laughs> you know, um, you know when the the whole like Scotty don't scene, which oh, is clearly yep, yes. like a callback to Zip It and yep. Shh from the other two. Mm, mm. I love that they go for it again. I love that everyone in the scene knows it's been done twice already. And I think the main thing I love about it is that Dr. Evil isn't even committing to the premise of saying Scotty don't anymore. <laughs> he's not even going sh- or zip it. He's just making noises. Yeah. And he's, yeah. he's on like... <laughs> and then he does that one where he, where he goes, um, Oh, who am I? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that gets me every time. That made me laugh really hard. <laughs> Dr. Evil is so fucking he's funny. So he's good. a brilliant character. And the, that whole family relationship between all of them as like this weird office family is the best thing of all of these films I've come to realise. Yeah, I think so too. I think, yeah, this is the funniest that Dr. Evil has been in this movie because he's a total goofball. He's like as funny... As much of a goofball as Austin Powers is in this movie. Mm. There's a scene where he's wearing a trucker hat and talking like a fucking... It's Convoy. Yeah, like yeah. Convoy. Yeah, they're doing convoy. a parody of Convoy. But yeah. like, why? He just for has a trucker second. hat for that one yeah. scene. Yeah. It's not even a scene. It's one, like one shot of oh. him, one shot of Goldmember. And also my other favourite Dr. Evil bit is when um, Goldmember asks if he can paint his Yoohoo gold and Dr. <laughs> Evil wheels himself over for like 30 <laughs> seconds and leans in. How about no, you crazy Dutch bastard? That's great. What lines from this movie were most quoted around you growing up? That one was one of them. Oh, uh, no, the, the... The fat bastard and like, do you find me sexy? Do you like my titties? That was a, that was, <laughs> oh, look at my titties. That's pretty funny. That's like, me, that was a hundred percent all the time. Asking, do you find me sexy is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's still good. <laughs> Faja, people say, said Faja a bunch. Um, yeah, they say it a lot on the little Dum Dum podcast. Do they? Yeah, they refer to Nick Cody's mum and dad as Faja and Marsha. Oh, it's just weird. <laughs> What else has stayed around? I had Toit Like a Toy Gun. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was, and, and it was weird because we all here. agreed that the film wasn't great. Mm. But there was just one kid at high school who would constantly be like, Toit, Toit Like a Toy Girl. <laughs> See, I think that's one of the weakest moments of, oh, um, yeah. of, of, of the whole uh, gold member. Like, of all of gold members' funny bits. That's the, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, who cares about Toit Like a Toy Girl? Yeah. I'm sorry, it sucks. But I love, I love gold, I think... You just reminded me. I mean, you reminded me earlier on was one of the impetus for starting this because it is such a bad catchphrase, but the way <laughs> he works. says it is so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. I think that's what we've talked about, Mike, before, is that all of these characters have catchphrases, mm. but they all make sense for it. Like, it's not just someone going like, wah, blah, 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 anything like that. Even when it is, that's, he was saying that's something Adam like Sandler's that. That's Adam Sandler's catchphrase, yeah. by the way. But... They all make sense for the characters to have these catchphrases because they're all very performative people. Yeah. And it makes total sense. I think that's why these movies work in the long run. Can, can I just bring up one last thing? I know mm. we're wrapping up, but I just yeah, want to bring yeah. up one. I don't... And we are going to wrap, by the way. That's how we, that's how <laughs> that's we, how we end, end it. We do a summary wrap, and we all do a really good job of it. So it's up to you two. <laughs> My name's uh, Lexi, and I'm here. So one thing we haven't talked about was that uh, the the owners of the rights to James Bond sued over this film. Did you guys know really? this? Really? No. Oh, this was over the word you love. Yeah. 
Over Goldmember. So they, they shoot... Psychedelic? No. Austin Pussy? Oh, I believe it was because they wanted to name it Austin Pussy. Yes. Mm. And, yeah. But they were not allowed to. <laughs> then they lost a case. That would, and that so was, they had to change it to Goldmember. That was going to be the name of this that movie? That was going to be Austin Powers in, in Austin Pussy. Austin Pussy. Yeah. It was going to be Spy Shagman was originally going to be called Austin Pussy. Oh, my God. No, so, so, so they sued over that, right? And mm. then the settlement was that Mike Myers had to do another film for this studio. Yeah. And as a result, that's how he got Cat in the Hat. Oh, Wait, see, but also what? Cat in the Hat is because he just, he turned de- he decided not to do the Sprockets movie because the script wasn't up to snuff, but he also wrote the script for that movie. <laughs> so it's a lot of the yeah. Mike Myers self I read that uh, part of the settlement of this was actually that they had to screen... The trailer for oh, the new James Bond. I'm, yeah. I'm getting mistaken with my I'm getting mistaken with, 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 you, with You're getting mistaken with all the lawsuits against Mike. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm Mike, my, Mike yes. had to settle the uh, Austin Pussy Gold Member title contention by, by showing the trailer, agreeing to show the trailer for, for the, no money. Yeah, uh, at the before Gold Member started. Like what, the, sorry, what trailer? Casino Royale. Yeah. Oh. For the for the new Bond film that was no, I don't think it was another day. Yeah, yeah, it was still in the shit house era. Um, I think what we've learnt from this discussion is that we're not anywhere near finished talking about Goldmember. Yeah. I think we need to do uh, another Let's, time. I, I we need to do have, another I have one. more pages seriously of notes. Do part two. I'm still I've obsessed seen, with this movie. I think we might have. I have four more pages done. of notes we haven't even touched yeah. yet. We, for now, let's just go around and check it. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm going to have to check it in conclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, I'm going to check it. I'm going to... When I watched this movie again, by the time we got to the end, I watched the whole credits. I stuck, I stuck around for them. And you stayed when, in the, the theatre? Because you, you stayed. Oh, did you stay for the scene where yeah. Austin gets, gets given the Infinity Stone? <laughs> <laughs> How does it tie into the rest of the Mike Cinematic Universe? By so, the MCU At the end of the film where the Alfie, the song uh, from the Michael Caine movie Alfie from the 1970s, uh, as covered by uh, Fiona, uh, Susanna Hoffs, yeah, who is yep. Jay Roach's wife and uh, member of Ming T and the Bangles, when she sings uh, "What's It All About, Austin," I, I teared up a little bit <laughs> because I just because I've devoted like the last few months of my life to Mike Myers and my love for Austin Powers has reached this point where I'm like, this is my favorite thing ever. Was Austin this finally Powers. the call to action to and it, fucking yeah, change? And it kind of, and it was the opposite of that. I was like, wow, this this might be the last time I ever see these characters. Because I don't know if Austin 4 is ever going to happen. Well, Austin 4, he's talking about it. And it's it rumored. just, I started weeping a little bit and then I watched the... <gasps> oh. the <laughs> oh. It really... I would- there's nothing funnier than you crying in the credits of Goldmember. <laughs> that makes me horny, oh, baby. I think I have to check it, and I check it. It's iconic. I can't. I don't. I can't say good or bad, but this movie to me is iconic. I think it transcends. Yeah, I can't say yeah, it's good exactly. or bad. It's both. It's just like us. Yeah. <laughs> I. I. I'm still going to back into. I think it could be uh, unrealized genius. I mm. think. It's parodying things. It's it's such high level parody. It doesn't even realize the things it's making fun of half the time. And God. I think if you give it enough goodwill, you mm. can really your find death some, of the authoring. Yeah, you could you can really find some fucking good nuggets in this. 
Um, wow. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. That felt epic, and we barely even got through any of our notes. I've got so many more. Yeah. I, oh, man. I mean, we might have to do a part two. I'm not sure. I think so. <laughs> I'm going to go home and watch Goldmember again. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be the next movie I'm going to watch is Goldmember. Do your viewers, in, did your listeners enjoy this? I don't oh, know. There aren't any listeners. <laughs> don't, we don't put these up. Yeah. We, <laughs> all we do is send them to Tom on a thumb drive, and he's, and he's via mail, and he loves it. <laughs> they play them outside Will Anderson's house as he sleeps. <laughs> Um, thank you so much Boom for joining box. us though guys Either of you like to plug some stuff you got coming up uh, I feel like um, Yeah I have a I've, No nothing I don't have anything You've got some actually. good podcasts Yeah, yeah fantastic. You're a pod boy Yeah well, we've got Freddy Good Home We've got Dra- Dragon Friends uh, One where we go through uh, Classifieds And mm-hmm. off the internet It's real funny And the other one where we play Dungeons and Dragons They're both Comedy. They're very they funny. Comedy. They're great podcasts. Um, yeah, and the other thing is, oh fuck, I don't know. But when does this come out? I don't know. Mm, Why are you getting self doubting now? No, because I've got. <laughs> you're being very Mike Myers right now. A lot of self hate. Yeah. Well, my my comedy special is on ABC this yeah. weekend. So if you want, oh. if, if it's up this weekend, watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Watch it's on it. ABC too. So watch that. Please. King's one of the greats. Check it out. Oh god, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll plug you for you. You're very funny. And you, I can't Would wait you to call watch me a uh, friend of comedy. I'd say you're one of the best friends of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, uh, I don't know. I'm doing shows and festivals, but otherwise, just uh, I'll be posting stuff on Twitter, and you can see there because I'm working on some other stuff. <laughs> and what are your t- your Tom Walker is good? Yeah, and your hangers, hangers, and baby. you are this is Alexi. And I am, I am Cameron James. Mm-hmm. I am. None and of us got our original names, <laughs> yeah. except maybe Hing. Yeah. Um, and we are Mike Check Pod. And yep. thank you so much for listening, horny babies. Uh, please tweet at us. Please Facebook us. Please give us five stars on iTunes and recommend a spin-off you'd like to hear. We've had some good ones. Lately. Yeah, yeah, recently we had one from Molly and she suggested... Now Buscemi, now you don't. <laughs> yeah, all about the films of Steve Buscemi. And I would love to do. A I think we're going to have to do a spin-off about that one. Um, and keep listening, keep being horny, and let us know your thoughts on Goldmember. Is it good? Is it bad? Oh four three nine seven five seven two five. Yeah, please text in. <laughs> <laughs> But we're not over yet. We've still got a few Mike Myers movies to go. We've got a few more to go. Thanks, baby. It's Mike Check. It's Mike Check. The podcast the Mike Myers. And hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.